Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, we got some details coming out from the meeting between LeBron and Rob Palinka and Darvin Ham, and I want to vomit. Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports uh, wrote up the you know what what he's been able to gather from that meeting to this point. Most notably, not much contract talk, which. Again, we always kind of knew all along LeBron was going to wait to see what the Lakers do with their roster before he signs that dotted line to further entrust the Lakers with this last chapter of his prime and, by extension, his career. Uh, So not necessarily a shocker that they didn't talk much about the contract, Uh, though, again, it's always going to be kind of hanging over everything that gets reported about the Lakers, the backdrop to all of it is always going to be, oh, by the way, this guy might walk in a year. So, yeah, that's a little awkward. Things didn't really get better from there, even though, you know, you try to put a positive spin on things and a positive light on things and, you know, shouts to the Lakers for continuing to try to do that. But the... Major takeaways here beyond the fact that we didn't get any additional details regarding LeBron's extension is that apparently the Lakers think it's a good idea to once again take the ball out of LeBron James's hand and this time put it in Anthony Davis's hands, (laughs) which like, look, I've watched him now for a few years handle double teams and yeah, I, I would like to put my vote in for the ball remaining in LeBron's hands like that does that seem like too much to ask for uh I want again I I think AD is a very special player very special talent but he's special at certain things and facilitating isn't one of them like he's he's a finisher he is out there to catch lobs to you know finish around the basket to do the things that you know, he might feel like he's above at this stage of his career, but you're you're clearly not good enough at those other things to to continue to be an elite player while not doing all of the things that actually make you special. Uh, so that was an interesting report. That was now promptly followed up by the fact that the Lakers are apparently hoping for a bump in corner three-point deficiency from Russell Westbrook. Uh, Now, look, that was one of the few things that he wasn't really terrible at last year as a corner shooter. He just didn't really want to shoot them. So uh, the actual positive from this was that, again, we hear once again that if Darvin Ham senses that there's any reluctance from anyone, uh, and and I would imagine everybody's kind of looking sideways out of their eyes, at uh, Russell Westbrook when they say, everyone, if you don't accept the role, da, 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 that you'll see the bench. But again, like that's not necessarily true because if we're talking about the things that everybody needs to do for the Lakers to have an actual chance at winning a championship, one, the ball needs to be in LeBron James's hands. Two, Anthony Davis needs to be the play, to play the five, start at the five, always be the five. And he needs to play the five in a modern way that he doesn't seem really interested in doing. He thinks he's Kareem, but he's a lot closer to like Dwight in that he probably should be focusing on finishing around the basket. If he has to take the occasional mid-range jumper, cool. But 
If you're building your game from the mid-range out, then you're making yourself a lesser version of yourself. So while we get report after report after report after report about how Darvin Ham is allowed to tell Russell Westbrook um, where to be and how to commit and what to commit to, we should probably also get a few more reports about the fact that, hey, yeah, um, once again, LeBron has convinced himself in yet another offseason that he doesn't need to have the ball. That's not like that right there is the first step in the wrong direction for the Lakers heading into this season. After that, hey, once again, Anthony Davis doesn't want to be the best version of himself on a night by night basis. So all of this rings kind of hollow. And and look, it was just a few graphs and it was just a, a write up as Haynes attended um, an event here for the Lakers uh getting ready as they get ready to launch their um, multi-part commercial, I mean, uh, documentary on uh, the how the Lakers were built through the years. But I just find myself kind of annoyed that, and, and if I were Russell Westbrook, by the way, I'd be pretty annoyed too that we keep on hearing how this is what Russ needs to do. This is what Russ needs to do. This is what Russ needs to do. And yet, once again, from the top down, we're not necessarily seeing people commit to the roles that they have to commit to if the Lakers have any chance whatsoever at being competitive. Speaking of being competitive, uh, the Taco Tuesday guys reacted in their show yesterday to uh, the fact that ESPN put the Lakers at the nine spot in the West uh, based on how the Lakers are currently built. Now, obviously, I don't think anybody really anticipates that the Lakers will actually be built like this heading into the season. But look, LeBron clearly wants change. Otherwise, he would have signed his extension. Um, and and that is probably going to be the impetus behind whatever move it is that the Lakers make. So I guess if you want to continue to re- remain optimistic here, you can say, well, what do you, why are they doing any projections right now based on how the team is currently constructed when this isn't how the team is going to be constructed. And that's fine. Like it, Most of me believes that too. But this is the team that everybody has to analyze right now. And this is not a very good team. I, I still contend that there are cases to be made that this team isn't necessarily better than last year's team. They are not as bad at certain things. But they're also not as good at certain things. Uh, this is a much more athletic team, and and they probably are, you know they, they can get out and run a little bit more effectively. They can probably defend more effectively, but they also can't shoot nearly as well as the guys who are on the Lakers roster could last year. So it's a give and take, which is always going to be expected when you build your roster around ten minimum salary type players and and a couple exemptions. Uh, one of them going to somebody whose knees apparently just do not heal, and the other one going to um, yet another clutch client who doesn't really fit with what the Lakers need out of that contract spot. Um, this is how rosters tend to look when you are working and operating with one hand tied behind your back. Just ask everybody in Brooklyn how things have gone under Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's uh, stewardship. But I, look, if ESPN wants to do projections and and if they have to release projections right now based on the roster that the Lakers have, the nine spot is probably about where the Lakers fit in. Um, 
they probably won't even arrive there, though, if, once again, LeBron is trying to force this role for himself where he isn't creating for everybody around him. If the Lakers want to reach the ninth spot or get any, get any higher, he's going to have to be the genius on the ball. Um, if the Lakers want to be the ninth spot or any higher, then Anthony Davis is going to have to play the role that Anthony Davis should have been playing all of this time. Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed last year. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Uh, a quick change in scheduling here. I actually am going to talk in a little bit to Ethan Strauss, who has his sub stack and has been focusing a lot on some of the inner workings of ESPN. And I don't think to this point we have gotten a more obvious example of some of the conflicts of interest at work in some of the journalism that folks at ESPN are doing than we got a couple days ago when Shams Karania reported that Kevin Durant reiterated his trade request and everybody at ESPN went radio silent for hours, plural. Uh, so I'm going to talk to Ethan Strauss about uh, what he wrote about that and how he sees this and how those who are taking in ESPN's content always kind of sort of have to take these things into account, whether that's with Woj, whether that's with Schefter, whether that's with anybody breaking news. Um, and not just ESPN, though I think it's one of the more obvious examples, but just in general, uh, how access journalism has kind of warped what we get to learn from these situations. So uh, that's going to be here in a little bit. You're going to check that out here in a second. So until then, and until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.